before AEW was a thing, before we filled this place up, it was me, it was Kenny, it was Matt, it was Nick, it was Tony. And I put my name on a piece of paper for our show next month in Jacksonville for Fight for the Fallen. You know what the match that I put my name down on? It was myself and a partner of my choosing. Against, against what I think is the best tag team in the world, the Young Bucks. But Dustin, I don't need, I don't need a partner. I don't need, I don't need a friend. I need my older brother. Fast forward, and here we are to re- wrestling World War II. Okay, so what is it? Has it been a year, AEW, or two years? Uh, so let's see. It was October. We're about so to have double year, or nothing it like again. A, it was like a year and a half. Because we're about well, to have double or nothing again, which was yeah. the, you know, the first show. Right. The first legit show. So this is this would be the third one, I think. Yeah, I think it was a year. If we're just counting them just like when they got a TV deal. Yeah. And I think that would be – but I guess you can't do that because then this is very similar because it's funny. I, I, I tell my son all the time, uh, our, a war is never really won. It just morphs into another war because it's just ironic that Cody was just so burnt out on the bad creative of WWE that he decided to just bet on himself and just leave and just like – but – there's ties to that, right? Because obviously Cody's dad, Dusty Rhodes, was a major part of the first wrestling war before it was the Monday Night Wars when it was when we were talking about the, you know, Blacks Black Saturday. That was Dusty Rhodes stuff, right? Yeah. Like he was running that stuff in Atlanta. He was known for that. He was he was he I mean he was the booker too, aside yeah, from being it, on the show. Exactly. So yeah. he was and I think he was instrumental in that first clash of the champions that competed with wrestlemania 4 so now you have his son that it basically is like i'm gonna bet on myself and then he starts you know working a lot of independence and then he gets with the bucks and then they just like all of a sudden like steamrolling through and next thing you know you basically have a Rhodes family member that gets wrestling back on tnt yeah you know so even though Ted Turner, I don't think he owns it anymore. It's just like he could have been Vince. I'm back in the wrestling business, <laughs> you know, thanks to Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Well, what was it? I think Ted sold off uh, t- some of his TNT control, basically. That's he part did. Of the and I don't that. know if it had anything to do. And that was another reason, right? That supposedly the first war was lost was that the AOL Time Warner is just yeah, like AOL. So the merger. And then uh, I guess Time Warner got more control yeah. over the say. And, um, and that's never good. Yeah, because I mean, studio notes for sure. Studio notes don't work. They especially don't work in wrestling. Studio yeah. notes just don't work. Uh, and unfortunately, I think that's what WWE is dealing with right now. Except the studio is the 
Hollywood writers they hire or just like Vince just being so such an intimidating force to come up to that like who who's going to challenge him? Yeah, I, I think that's probably some of it. But I do agree with your uh, hypothesis that uh, Vince is uh, trolling the audience. Oh, yeah. Because he can. Yeah. I think he loves the wrestling business and hates the fans. Yeah. I think he just like he has like a, a, a it seems like he just hates him. I yeah. just I, I can't put it on like he may deny this, but it just feels like he just has a disdain for like, I know better than, you know, because, dude, dude, he's a billionaire who's won a lot of battles. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to like listen to the small guys just like, hey, we're kind of not really into this Roman Reigns as you present him. It's like, right. really? Because I defeated all my competition. I basically wiped out regional wrestling and then. There's the one that became global, and I wiped them out too. And then I beat the U.S. government. It's like, and you're going to tell me that you're not into? I think you're into Roman Reigns. <laughs> beat the U.S. government <laughs> I made a billion dollars last week. Yeah, on just, one deal. So, so, like, how do you listen? <laughs> yeah, who's gonna? Who's gonna? Think? Well, there's that, and I think that I don't know. He lives in that wrestling psychology. Oh yeah, since he's and what is he? third generation wrestling promoter. Yeah, he's third. So yeah. much so that I feel that he knows right now he's the heel. And oh, yeah. he's getting he's getting heat from the audience and that's working because we're still watching. He's getting real heat too. Yeah. It's not like worked heat. Yeah. You know, he's getting that's why, you know, when he became Mr. McMahon, that was real heat, right? Because that was basically the blurred reality the Montreal screw job. Right. He, he just became the heel. Just leaned into that. Yeah, he leaned into it and made a lot of money. And that was another reason why I guess WWE went strong and won the war. But, like, to just think fast forward to just, like, now Cody's like, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I'm going to bet on myself. And then all of a sudden now there's a show on there because of a, a Rhodes family member to compete. And they basically, they handled it right. Like, Impact TNA, you know, when Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan went there and just, like, we're going to recreate the Monday Night Wars and we're going to compete. And then they couldn't. So what do you think AEW did different that they – uh, they launched so strongly and firmly planted uh, their position against as as competition for WWE. There yeah. was no question right off the bat. You knew that this was special, right? And that's exactly you just that's exactly what they did. Right? They said, "No, we're not competing. We're just different. We're going to be an alternative. We're not going to be another version of it." And I think that's why it worked. Because and if, and if you look at it, they were. They made everything look and feel different, you know. Even when they brought guys over like Chris Jericho, it's still that that was a different. I mean, we just came off, you know, Chris Jericho's doing some of his best work in his career with the list of Jericho with you know Kevin Owens, but then he came in here with Le Champion, and he, he still even he felt different. And we've been watching him; he's been a part, an integral part of those wrestling wars. You know, he succeeded. Oh, yeah. You know, he. Be- became a success during those wrestling wars. He came from Mexico, you know, Mexico and Japan. Then he was in ECW and then he got scooped up by WCW. He was a big part of it. And I think he realized that it's just like, we have to, we can't compete with these guys. Let's just make it different. And that's what was missing. And that's what made them able to compete because they weren't trying to compete. They were just trying to be the best version, alternative version of wrestling that they could be. Yeah. And they leaned into that. Yeah. I think, and I feel like all fans were feeling it. WWE has been, their creative has been slipping for a little while. They have oh, moments yeah. of brilliance, but there hasn't been a big, 
I don't know. Someone hasn't had a big run. I think the last really big run that got me interested was when uh, Becky Lynch was over. Oh yeah, and she broke her nose and all that, and it was like she was she was the top top uh, female over there. And you just said it. She really broke her nose. Yeah, it wasn't worked. Yeah. So what that that and probably you would say Daniel Bryan's push, you know, of what got people interested. Oh yeah, I think. Um, yeah, Daniel Bryan. Before that, probably the biggest, the the or had mo- a lot of my interest, and I couldn't wait to see what was going on when, when CM Punk did the pipe bomb, and he was having his run. Oh wow! And you just said it again, and they just gave him an open mic to say whatever you want. Everything yeah. he said was real. Yeah, that's the that's the common thread here. It all it felt real because it was real. When the lines are blurred, yeah, and you believe it for a while, and you want to, and just like. Look, everyone knew Daniel was getting held back, and mm-hmm. then they just leaned into that and just like, okay, now we're going to really hold you back. Yeah, and uh, the yes chant got over so huge, and you didn't, you didn't, you didn't see that coming. No, he just started doing that yes coming out. Oh yeah, and it's like, okay, but eventually it's it it dug into your brain. It really did, and it was everywhere. And yeah, yeah. other sports, other sporting when other sporting events are getting in on it. You're you're over, and they were doing it at college basketball games, professional hockey games. Like everybody was doing, like the yes chant. Oh man, it was just like so over, and that's what made it. It was just like, wow, this is really mainstream. And Daniel's yeah. still doing all his all his stuff. Work on the stick is still very real because he's really passionate. But I don't want to get too far into that because it's just like, yeah, you can do another whole show just on that, but. And another reason AEW succeeded, uh, you know, right out of the gate is there, they weren't competing like an actual Remember, NXT was not on the USA network. It was, it was an app only exclusive show. Yeah. So actually WWE is the one that took the shot and said, we're going to compete with you on TV on Wednesdays on USA. Because it was like, is it really a competition if it's like, you know, AEW's on, you know, traditional TV and then NXT's on the app? Because basically at that point you're on demand. No, I, I don't think so. Um, so WWE, WWE, fired the shot. yeah, they took it head to head. They moved their show yep. to compete with AEW, which, um, yeah, they, they, they launched the first shot. And it's the equivalent of like a typical. YouTube fight video when it's always ironic when somebody, the bigger guy picks a fight with a smaller guy and then the smaller guy whoops his ass. <laughs> I think that's just what happened. This was a Walmart parking lot brawl <laughs> because it's just like, yeah, I, I think AEW won the majority of those rating wars, right? Unless w, WWE gimmicked their show what, like Halloween Havoc or a takeover. Right. When they went, just went head to head on the shows, AEW won. Yeah. And just like, and they just, pre-pandemic, they had that, like, we've been to the shows, they had that live energy that just was, like, infectious, like, where if you go to, like, a Raw taping, there's no infectious energy. It's very... Um, homogenized. Homogenized. Polished, oh, there's all those... Co- trained. Dead spots where they're just running ads or they're doing the, you're watching the pre... I don't know. It, it, it feels... It doesn't feel like a house show. It doesn't no. feel like you're watching a wrestling show where... No. Raw, it feels like you're watching a three-hour taping where you're exhausted. Yeah. You know what's funny is Arn Anderson just did an interview somewhere online. I was reading, and he was talking about the WrestleMania that we went to in Dallas, and they yeah. were trying to basically dissect why 
the audience started leaving in droves during the main event, which is unheard. Can you imagine being the main event at WrestleMania and you're worried about your parking or try to get to the car as fast as you can? And I remember standing in the aisle and I'm like, I think we should probably start heading to the car because everybody's leaving and we're going to get stuck in traffic to the point where it's just like, but it's, it's just Triple H and Roman. But like the old part of me was just like, we should stop because something's probably going to happen because this is the main event at WrestleMania mm-hmm. and nothing happened. <laughs> and it's just like, oh man, we just got stuck in the car for a while. Cause yeah. I was, you know, everybody else is like, nah, nothing's going to happen. And I was like, that was a very pivotal moment. I was just like, oh no, this is not the wrestling that we're used to. It's the main event at WrestleMania and nothing's going to happen. It's, it's exhausting. It's a lot to take in. And then, um, well, it's pretty packed in there, and you're way the hell up in the cheap seats. Yeah. You can't see much. Yeah. It's just <laughs> yeah, like, it's... I'll go home and just watch it on the app. Yeah. But, yeah, there, there was a lot of that that led to WWE being very vulnerable to this loss because, make no mistake about it, this was a clear loss because, you know, you know, at the at the time of this taping, you know, the go-home show for WrestleMania, the go-home Raw show, was like 1.3 million and AEW on a different night was close to 1 million. So to me, it was just like, that's as close as you can get to like one of the hottest WrestleMania is usually the raw before and the raw after one is the hottest rated yeah. uh, raw show. And AEW was in very close into striking distance without really trying they could have like if they could have packed that a little bit more, and if they were on a Monday night, I think they would have been able to beat Raw. Yeah, uh, clearly they beat NXT, but they would have beat Raw, and it's just like wow, to the point where it's just like war's over, and it's just like they're sending it to Tuesday nights. So, what do you think is going to happen now? You think uh, AEW's ratings going up? You think NXT hold their numbers go up Tuesday? No. I think their numbers are going to stay pretty much the same. I don't think you're going to see that much of a difference because. Do we have a divided audience of loyalists? Yeah, there's definitely some like NXT was the best thing that came out of WWE in years. And I think they started messing with the formula too much. Yeah. Remember the NXT show we went to? Oh, yeah. That was at its peak. That was at it. And that was infectious. That had everyone. That show was so great. It had. You know Bailey, Sasha. Oh yeah. Um, everybody Enzo. who came out of that, everyone who came out of that uh, NXT class. Oh man, it was magical. Yeah, and yeah. they they couldn't keep that. They couldn't keep that energy. And, and it was, a, it was a small venue too. It was very. It small. was great. Yeah, the same venue we saw Lucha Underground. Yeah, in the same venue, and they had that same just awesome. Here's the same again. I'm going to keep going back to it. It just it felt real, didn't it? Like when you were in there, it mm-hmm. felt like a gritty fight. And that was before they started touring. This was early in NXT. Yeah, we were shocked that they were actually going to tour. Like, yeah. wow, they're actually going to be here. Yeah. Mm. But it worked, and I, I just. But that's not the NXT that this is anymore. I no. feel like they they tweaked the formula a little bit too much. Everybody feels the same again. It's just like you don't have anyone like. Man, all the, the the people we all just named were taking chances, and they were being encouraged by the people in the back to take the chances and change your character. Try this. I mean, I personally think it's just because there's more pro wrestlers that are agents and less writers that are agents. And then you don't have the, the Vince McMahon 
oversight. So you can, you can do things that feel a little bit different where now it's just like once NXT became the third brand and not the feeder brand, it started to feel too much like the other shows that are already too overly produced. So um, my concern is I don't think they're going to change all that much, even being on a different night. Yeah, I don't think I don't think AEW is going to change anything that they're doing. I don't think they should. I think uh, I mean obviously they have things that don't work sometimes as well. But yeah, they're produ- to me what they're doing is what NWA used to do, which was uh, your dad's wrestling. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but they're doing it from a different perspective. It's almost a millennial take on your dad's wrestling. Oh man, what a great! You should call them up, and that should be your line because <laughs> it used to be, you know, that was the powerful marketing lines like this isn't your father's wrestling and yeah. just like the power marketing powerful marketing line would be this is your dad's wrestling <laughs> this is your dad's wrestling with our spin on it yeah and so. that's what they're doing and you know it's funny like some they do really dumb things sometimes i think uh i forgot what was going on but they were doing some sort of promo and someone was wearing a cereal box i want to say <laughs> And they did a match addressed as a cereal box just as an ad, a blatant ad. But I, I liked it. Oh, I was wow, like, yeah. this is okay. You know, and their show is – they have things in there that aren't just 15-minute matches. They put other – I really dug it this week now that uh, Jericho's, you know, turning babyface again. Oh, yeah. And uh, just the old-school flavor of all their guys pulling up and, you know, fast cars and hopping out and leather oh, jackets yeah. and walking to the ring. It just felt – it just felt real right that's and that's what you just said it again there's that's it's just like you need that feeling you need that electricity that you can cut through because it's just like you know john moxley's not he's going out there completely unscripted and that's what makes it feel real when he's talking because you don't really know what he's gonna say yeah you know all these guys are just like they're not they're not the ones that are not working are the ones that are too overly scripted or overproduced and i feel like that if you just leave it be and let those because if you go back and watch some of that '80s wrestling stuff, man, there's there's not a lot of production value that's in there, and no. people were just all in it. And it's just like you had, like, if they missed a spot back then, you weren't going to start chanting "you you fucked up," <laughs> you know, you weren't going to get that chant, mm-hmm. no, at all. You were just like, oh man, it's just like because look, in a real fight, sometimes you miss your punch, sometimes you miss time it, sometimes, but. It, when it's so choreographed and you miss something like, oh, you missed your cue or you missed yeah. your line where it's just like back then it's just like, oh, you missed your punch because you were just – you were too into the fight. Yeah. Right? So just leave it. Don't produce so much. And I think that's why – man, they're they're lucky to have someone like Jericho in there who just came up like in – like he was 1991. So he was like on the tail end of like the death of kayfabe. But he was in it enough that he did realize – and he had to make stuff work – not speaking the language, you know, in, you know, in Mexico or like going to Japan, like he basically had to just like feel yeah. the work. And that's what you're, you're missing. He just feels it. And you see it, man, you see it in his face when it's just like, even though the wrestlers that are in the front row are singing his music, not because they're told to, because they want to. And he feels that. And then you even, and you can see it in his face. He's, he's feeding off that audience. I was so impressed one time I was listening to the Jericho podcast and it was the one they were recording it on the Jericho cruise. Oh man. So they had a live audience and um, it was really interesting to listen to that one because he controlled the audience. Oh yeah. Like, and I'm not saying they were enthralled, but he was saying what, by what he was talking about, he literally told them to shut up. You know, he would say, shut up. You're not hijacking this. Quiet. Y'all be quiet. Mm -hmm. 
not not playfully either. No, no, no. Because he's just like, I mean, again, he came up at a different time and he's like a shooter. Like it's it's well known that it's just like he basically had a lot of heat with Goldberg because he was not going to get pushed around in WCW back then. And then he basically challenged Brock Lesnar to a fight Mm -hmm. like in the locker room in front of like Vince because he was just like, wait a minute, did you just take liberties with Randy Orton where you just elbowed him in the skull to the point where he's bleeding? And I still don't even know what the story is behind that, that SummerSlam match that just came off as a weird squash. Yeah. But like Jericho was pissed. Like he talked about that and he was just like, He's basically like, you know, uh, ready to throw blows with Brock Lesnar. So, I mean, he's he's old school in that sense where he's just like, he's not going to let an audience hijack the show unless they're singing his song. But then that's a good hijack, right? Because yeah. guess what? They're into it. When they're hijacking the show to just interfere what's happening, they're doing that because they're not into it. So they're creating their own entertainment. Right. But with him, he's just like, no, no, I'm the entertainer. You're the audience. I'm entertaining you. And they're like, and they trust him yep. in a weird way. They trust that what he's doing is real because all his stuff is, I mean, he's reinvented himself so much. So yeah. do you remember the matches that Jericho won versus the matches that Jericho lost? Hmm. Think about that. I do remember the, I remember the ones he lost. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is when he got dunked in the orange right. with Orange Cassidy. Yeah, that one was a little bit more. But like all the other ones, if you think about it, you didn't really remember. That means everything that he was doing meant something. Yeah. You know, it wasn't this like the 50-50 booking. It's like, I'm Jericho. I need to go over or I'm, I'm going to like he he gave everybody. To me, that I take that as like he knew when it was his time to shine versus when it was, it was his time to give the rub. Yeah. Cody's like that too. Cody's like that almost to a fault. I yeah. would, I would argue that Cody's compensating too much because he's just like, I know I'm the EVP, so I'm not going to put myself over because it's just like, you know, it was the whole joke that dusty would just put himself over in all of his matches, but it's just like dusty was over. So dusty should have been putting himself over where I think like Cody may be compensating too much in the other direction where it's right. just like, I think Cody should carry the big belt for a little while because yeah. he is a big star. He doesn't need it, but I think it would just like, it would elevate the belt. And then when he loses it to somebody, it will mean something. So yep. I think he should do it, but he's, he's going too far in the other direction. I I'd, I'd argue maybe after the reality show, we'll see how that plays. Oh, out. Oh man. Yeah. It's just like, and now he's got it like, Another like when they said there was going to be another show on TNT, I did not expect that yeah. to be what the show is. I mean, why not? It worked for it worked for WWE. Oh yeah, I mean TNT's like, hey, we got an idea. Why not? It's yeah. just like, you know, uh, Bella's just went in the Hall of Fame. You know, it's yeah. just like, we're, how invested were you in the Bellas before Total Divas and after Total Divas? I mean, it made them stars. Yeah. It mainstream made, stars, yeah. right? And it got everybody else that was it on the show. Them, it over made them a, a brand. Yeah. And it made them more likable. Yeah. I was like, if you saw how their real personality is, there's that word again, you know, because everyone is quick to drop the F word as in fake when it comes to wrestling, but everyone's really quick to not absorb real. And when you see who Bree and Nikki Bella are as real people, you like them more. You just realize that there's real personality. So let these guys show their real personality and they get over or they won't get over, but at least it'll be authentic. It'll be real. They'll live and die by who they really are. The whole, 
just an amped up version of yourself. Rock got over because you saw how Rock really is. Roman's getting over right now because that's how Roman is just like, hey, I'm I'm the big dog. I'm the main guy in this locker room. And it's just like, wow, that feels it. It's just like Roman has to keep that belt for a while, in my opinion, just because it again, it feels real. So like for to see, you know, Cody, you know, real like this, I think it's just gonna elevate his star. Yeah. Like I, I agree. So much more. I agree. So I, that's why Miz has worked so long because everybody knew that that is the same Miz that you saw in Real World Ten. He's just like, oh yeah, he's been doing that Miz character since before he was a wrestler, and it's just like, and that's why he's always worked with the. Give, whether you like him or don't like him, Riz, Miz gets a reaction. Yeah, a real reaction, and that's because you see who he really is. There's no overproduced characters because those just those are the ones that you just want to change the channel when they're just like too overly produced yeah so i again i'm i'm afraid nxt losing you know losing let's face it AEW won this war they won this war i don't think they're going to change anything and they're going to stay on their trajectory i don't know if nxt is going to benefit from this night move i think they're going to have to look at it because the main Raw and SmackDown are are struggling in ratings. So why, you know, and you made NXT look the same, they're going to struggle too until they do something different. But like, how do you convince somebody you need to do something different when you're making a bunch of money from selling, selling out to Peacock? Yeah. To like, hey, what you're doing is not working. I think you're sacrificing that long-term company. And make no mistake, I don't want WWE to go out of business. They basically are the legacy. They have the only, like, uh, you know, their hall of fame and like, there's so much history there. It's just like, you, you don't, I would, it would be awful if they don't want to succeed. If they didn't succeed. It no, would be I awful. think, um, I think what's happening right now is that, uh, Vince sees what's coming as if, as a lot of the media companies are seeing it now that things are, uh, the, the media world's going to get smaller, right? All these, uh, streaming, we're going to end up in a place where we're just going to have four or five streaming channels, right? Yeah. And everybody else license, licenses or creates content for those channels. So it's one or the other. It doesn't make sense to have your own app anymore unless you can compete with Netflix legitimately. But I agree. You, you have somebody like Peacock, you license your company. Now, he didn't sell it. He just licensed it out for five years. Right. Okay? Five years, he'll get another billion from somebody else who wants to take... <sighs> Who, who wants to take his library of content and say, hey, there's the wrestling audience. Let's pull them over to our app by uh, having, you know, wrestling. On. Is that going to work? I wonder if this is going to work. I honestly, I'm not I, I'm not totally sold on if this is a good strategy. But from a financial standpoint for him, it's a great strategy. Oh, my God. Yeah. So now he's got he's got it, it's got to get to streaming because broadcast is kind of going away. Yeah. So what's next? Like, well, What's going to happen with these shows that are on TV? Maybe he's not even anticipating TV to work the same way, uh, you know, future. Who knows? Where could where could Raw end up? What if it, it ends up somewhere else? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, no, I think you're absolutely one hundred percent right. I I think his wheels started turning when he realized that you know when UFC sold their rights to ESPN and made like a billion dollars kind of thing, and then he's like, wait a minute, you can just license, yeah, you know, just do that and deal partner up with a network and here's the thing about both of these wars vince didn't lose either war on the financial side and i will argue that almost every 
business and financial decision that Vince McMahon made has been a huge, huge success. He's like 90% success, and that's when people say he's a genius. Where I think he has more failures than successes is the creative. Like for every Stone Cold and Hulk Hogan, you, you know, there's your, your goon and gobbledygooker. And yeah. it's just like, man, there, there would be a point that are just like, you know, I used to talk about this all the time. It's just like, hey, Vince, just let Paul Heyman run the creative and you take care of the business because obviously – they would say Heyman couldn't take care of the business because ECW struggled with the business, but they didn't struggle with the creative. So just you handle the business and you handle creative. And maybe that's what he needs to do with his company right now. But it's just like, obviously, he's a business genius. I would say that, but I wouldn't call him a pro wrestling genius. I think he was a genius enough that he has the the biggest toy box with all the best toys to do it in. But it's like, as far as like the creative I would say most of the best creative came from people like Bruce Pritchard and Pat Patterson Yeah, more than it came from him. Yeah, He just realized, oh, wow, that is going to work. I'm going to license it. I'm going to market it. I'm going to put it on TV. I'm going to stream it. I'm going to make a movie. I'm going to make a cartoon. I'm going to make a toy. It's just like he was that George Lucas. Like, I'll do all this other stuff. I think his weakest point is the creative. Yeah. And, that's, and it's hurting the product right now. It is, but we're still watching. We are because it's just like we we love it. I don't. I mean, we we had to. We we almost had our disclaimer that we had to say we're sorry to bash it, and I'm only bashing it because I love professional wrestling and I've loved it since I was as my first memories are in the basement of my house watching you know Ivan Putzky you know on Channel Six in a snowy TV, and it's been part of my life my entire life to the point of getting in it and then taking, you know, going to see WrestleMania two live and then fast forward and taking my son to see WrestleMania 32 live. It's like, it's been part of my life, my entire life. I don't want it to fail. I want it to succeed. And that's why I'm going to keep watching because I'm, I'm stubborn and I don't want to give up hope that somebody's going to be like, wait a minute, this is, I'm going to argue that it's too important to just let it fail because of some bad creative decisions that could be easily remedied. These aren't difficult decisions. These are easy decisions that you just got to let people just get out of people's way and let them be creative. Yeah. You know, but, and this is the, uh, the war is over for this, for this leg of the war, but I hope there's more wrestling wars because I was concerned when I was in the business, people are like, why are you doing that? That's going to go go the way of roller derby anyway. And it's just like, and then it's just going to be a sideshow and it's not going to be around, but look, it's an, one of the most important it's mainstream. It's still mainstream. I was watching good morning football on the NFL network and all you can clearly tell that all four announcers are huge wrestling fans. And they were bringing up, you know, the macho man and they were bringing up the natural disasters and they were just cutting promos. Like wrestling is affected movies films the way things like in live sports there is so many you see people throwing up the symbols like in the 90s mm-hmm. the click sign and the diamond cutter sign it's like it's affected pop culture it's to me it's too important to fail because it's a very unique form of art that needs to needs to be around no i think it's going to be around forever i think wrestling is at its core it's entertainment at its purest form oh yeah raw you know? Very raw, like it's entertainment and spectacle and promotion and you know advertising all rolled into one, but in its purest form. Yeah, 
you know? Like the equivalent of us going with 100,000 people to watch wrestling would have been like if we were doing it in the 30s. That's no different than like paying 10 cents to go in the tent and see what's going on there. We go in there with that same that same sense of hope and wonder of what we're about yeah. to experience. Right. <laughs> the gimmicks thing. have changed, but, yeah. you know. That's the best part about all these wrestling wars is just like the fans win. The fans are winning when it's a wrestling war, but one of the companies needs to – get their creative a little bit together. And I guess what? They have the best talent in the world right now, the biggest roster they ever had. And they have so many smart wrestling minds in the back. Just let them loose, man. Just let them loose. 